Being a Christian doesn't mean you'll always know what the future holds, but it does mean you will know the one who holds it. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah considers what this reassurance meant to Joshua as God prepared him to enter the promised land. It's a divine pep talk that's still relevant today. Listen as David concludes his message, Courage When Your Future Depresses You. Well, thank you so much for joining us at the beginning of this new week. You know, uh, doing what we do, we always try to finish everything at the end of the week, and sometimes we can't do that. Uh, Last weekend, we had to uh, kind of put a period in the middle of a sentence as we were talking about courage when your future depresses you from the book of Joshua. And uh, I've had some time to think about uh, this message and how often people tell me about their concern and worry over the future. Um, It's interesting that 40 years after the Red Sea experience, God divided the swollen waters of the Jordan River, and he led his people into the promised land he had prepared for them. And uh, God wants to do that for us. But if you'll go back and read the text, as we're doing, you'll discover there was some time of preparation. In fact, um, in Joshua chapter 1 and uh, verses 1 through 9, there are some great principles for facing the future. We're still in the transition time of the new year. So this is a great message for us to ponder, and we'll do that in just a moment. During the month of February, we are offering a book by Rob Morgan titled The Jordan River Rules. These are principles that Rob derived from that time of transition when the people of Israel were going into the promised land. What were the rules they had to follow, and how do they apply to us today? This is an amazing little book. It's a, it's a gift book size. There are 10 chapters in the book, 114 pages, an easy read, but one that will have a profound impact on your life. And we'd love to send it to you during the month of February. Here's what you need to do. Sit down today, write us a note, include a gift for the Ministry of Turning Point that will help us extend this teaching as far as we can. And when you send your gift, ask for your copy of the Jordan River Rules. No matter what size your gift, do the best you can. But we'll send the book to anyone who sends a gift, and we hope you will do that today. Ask for your copy of the Jordan River Rules when you send your gift to Turning Point in February. Well, after this long pause, let's get back to where we left off on Friday. This is Courage When Your Future Depresses You, Part 2 from Joshua Chapter 1. Joshua was a man whose courage and strength was based on the promise of God. Joshua was already a man of courage, but God says, Joshua, you've got to be even more courageous. And three times he told him to be strong. Three times he told him to be courageous. Lawrence Dunbar has reminded us in poetic form that minorities since time began have shown the better side of man, and often in the lists of time, one man has made a cause sublime. We often think that majorities are right, but often the minority stands for the truth. And Joshua was a man of that kind of persuasion. Now, are you following how God is preparing his servant, the divine consultant, in his consulting session? He's first of all given Joshua perspective about who he is and where he is. Then he's given him a goal. He now has a plan. He knows where he's headed. He's got a purpose. Then God comes alongside of him and gives him a motivational speech. And he says, now, Joshua, this is going to not be easy. 
I want to tell you, this is not a walk in the park. You're not going to just get up and go out and do this without it being a struggle. Now, what I want you to know is it's going to take strength and it's going to take courage. Now, go do it. That's why I like to read this passage when I get a little discouraged. I read this passage and I play like I'm Joshua. And I listen to the Lord pump me up with this speech. Now, notice fourth in this whole step program that God has given to Joshua, not only the principle of divine perspective and the principle of divine purpose and the principle of divine persuasion, notice fourth, the principle of divine priority. Verses seven and eight, God says, Joshua, be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper Wherever you go, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now let's unpack these verses. God tells Joshua what is to be the highest priority of his life. He says, now Joshua, when you march into the land and you've crossed over the Jordan, you are automatically, as soon as you step your foot on the other shore, you're a target. These nations are not going to take lightly to you coming in to unseat them. So here's how you're going to keep yourself. If you make this your priority, you'll be successful and you'll be prosperous. What he meant by that was you'll accomplish what you're setting out to do. Now you would have thought God might have said to Joshua, make sure you keep your military mind focused. Make sure you know what you can do by sending out reconnaissance teams. God didn't say any of that. God said, if you want to be successful, here's your priority. He said, you're to meditate in the word of God every day and make that your focus. Now, I've broken this down into some sub principles that I want to give you because every word in these two verses is critical. Every word is important. God said to Joshua, first of all, when it comes to the Bible or the law of God, talk about it constantly. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, Joshua, wherever you go, whatever you do, always be talking about the word. Always be telling people what God has said. Joshua was instructed to make the book of the law the topic of all of his conversation with everybody. He was to speak of it to his family and to his friends and to his soldiers. When you got into a conversation with Joshua, he was to draw you to the book of the law by what he said. Over in the 8th chapter of Joshua, verses 34 and 35, we read this about Joshua as he followed God's instruction. And afterward, Joshua read all the words of the law, the blessings and the cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded, which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel with the women and the little ones and the strangers who were living among them. Did Joshua do what God told him to do? Yes, he did. He talked about the word of God. Joshua was constantly talking about reading or teaching the word. Now, I want to ask you a question. Does that ever happen to you? I wonder what would happen if as God's people, we developed the habit of whenever we met a brother or a sister, we said, what did you get from the word today? Give me something from the word that'll encourage me. Tell me what God's been telling you. Or you know what? Could I just tell you what God showed me in his word today? Now, you're going to separate your friends when you start doing this. I promise you. Some people are going to get real nervous. But you know what? When you start talking about the word of God, you internalize the truth in your own heart. When Joshua was walking around among his troops, I have a feeling that he probably repeated God's motivational speech more than once. But wherever he went, he was talking about the word of God. 
God's first instruction to Joshua concerning the book of the law. Talk about it constantly. Number two, meditate on it continually. Verse 8 again says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. John Bunyan wrote on the flyleaf of his Bible these words, This book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. (laughs) He spoke a mouthful, did he not? Most of us can affirm what he said. When we get away from the Lord, it's usually because we've gotten away from God's Word. And when we are away from the Lord, the last thing we want to do is get into the Word. When God told Joshua to meditate on the Word of God day and night, he was encouraging him, watch this, to fill his mind with God's truth so he would not be victimized by the error of everybody around him. How do you cope as a general of an army of Israelites in a land of Canaanites who know nothing of your God? How do you keep your own mind where it ought to be? And in our culture today, with all of the stuff that we're constantly exposed to through the media, through the internet, through radio and television, sometimes when we don't even want to be exposed to it, how do we keep our mind clean and how do we keep it pure? It's the process of phoresis. I know about phoresis because I had that process when I was sick. They put a catheter in one arm and a catheter in the other arm and they run the blood out of one arm and through a machine and then back into your arm and what they were doing when they did that for me was they were capturing stem cells but the process of biblical phoresis is to put all of God's truth into your system and push all the other stuff out you can't stop thinking about all the mess in our world today by making a resolution the more you think about not thinking about it the more you think about it can I get a witness So the way you stop doing this is you just meditate on the Word of God day and night. That's what God told Joshua to do. Talk about it continually. Meditate upon it constantly. Now notice thirdly, and this is where we start getting the rubber meeting the road, read it obediently. Now notice verses 7 and 8, and if you mark in your Bible, I'm going to give you two words to mark in this passage that I've marked in my Bible and I have not recovered from them since I first discovered them years ago. Listen to what Joshua says in verse 7. You shall observe to do according to the law. Verse 8, observe to do according to all that is written in it. Now, I want you to say this phrase with me, observe to do. Now, say it out loud, observe to do. What does that mean? God said, Joshua, when you are meditating on the Word of God and when you're talking about it constantly and when you read the Word, I don't want you just to read it for more information. I don't want you just to read it so you'll be smarter about what I've said. I want you to observe it now so that you can what? Do it. Observe it to do it. Say it again. Observe to do. The Bible is not a book of entertainment. The Bible is not a book of instruction necessarily. It's not English literature. The Bible is God's marching orders to his people. And when you read the Bible, your heart ought to always be, Lord, what do you want me to do? Observe to do. Say it again. Observe to do. I hope it drives you crazy all week long. Every time you think of today, you think observe to do. Not observe to decide. Not observe to determine. Not observe to even pray about it. But when God says it, you do it, and that settles it. Amen? Amen. That's what God said to Joshua. I want you to speak of the Word of God constantly. I want you to meditate upon it continually, but I want you to read it obediently. Now, he's not done. He's still got a couple more things to say. This is uh, session 103 in divine consultation, so let's keep going. (laughs) Number four, follow it exclusively. 
Notice verse 7. And do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. Joshua, don't treat this book like you treat any other book. This is not one of many books. This is the book. Don't measure the importance of this book against the culture of Canaan. Don't try to make this book politically correct. Don't use this book for your own purposes and quote it to make your own point. This book is God's word to you. Don't turn from it to the right. Don't turn from it to the left. Keep the car on the hard road and out of the ditch on each side. And Joshua wanted to know that from God because there was going to be some time going forward in his leadership when he would be tempted to compromise, when he would be tempted to mix God's instruction with some cultural things. And God said, Joshua, whatever you do, if you want to be successful, here's the priority. The priority is the law. Remember, Joshua only had the first five books. He had Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's all he had. He didn't have all the New Testament. He didn't have the Psalms and the Proverbs. What he had was five books of the Bible. And Almighty God said, Joshua, you make that your constant source of courage and information. Follow it exclusively. And then finally, not only talk about it constantly, meditate on it continually, read it obediently, follow it exclusively, but notice verse 8, accept it totally. Verse 8 says, all that is written in it. Sometimes people ask me, why do you preach from the Old Testament? Because I am called upon to preach all that is in the Bible. Most believers are used to hearing the New Testament almost exclusively. One of the reasons I love to preach from the Old Testament because it's like preaching new truth to most people. You see, from Joshua chapter 1 that I'm teaching you, what God is saying to Joshua is this. He is saying, give yourself to this book every day and in every way you can. And in doing that, you will be successful. It's interesting to note that when Joshua was giving his final address before he died, just before he went on to be with God, he reiterated the principles of success that God had given him so many years before. Joshua 23, 6, Therefore, be very courageous to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Through all of his life, he never forgot what God told him in his divine consultation. And as he was ready to leave, he passed that on to his children and to the nation that would follow him. When God was giving instructions concerning how kings were supposed to function, when the kingdom came in to Israel, God gave some instructions about what they should do as kings. And I put this down. It's from Deuteronomy 17, 18, and 19. Listen to these words. Also it shall be, when a king sits on the throne of his kingdom, now watch this. I never saw this before. He shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book from the one before the priests and the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes. You see, in the days of the kings, they didn't have a Schofield reference Bible or John MacArthur study book, you know? They didn't have anything. What they would go, they would go and read the priest's law. And that's what most of the Israelites did. But when God talked to the kings, he said, no, no, no. You go in there and you copy the word out in your own hand, and then you keep that word with you wherever you go. Because if you're in leadership, my friend, you are going to need it. So what is this all about? I know you think I sometimes play a violin with one string on it. But friends, I'm telling you what, without the word of God, we have no hope in this world. 
We cannot go forward. And God is giving to Joshua this strategy for success. And he's saying to him, this is how you will be successful in leadership and in whatever you do. When David was at the end of his life and he was giving his last challenge to his son Solomon, he prepared Solomon for the transition with these words spoken very similar to the words of Joshua, 1 Kings 2, 2, and 3. David is saying to his son, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, and his testimony, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. Now, my friends, we're all into success and prosperity, and the world's got a real messed up view of that. But if you want God's view of success and prosperity, let me tell you what it is. It's all wrapped up in this book. In fact, the only time the word success is in the Bible is in relationship to this. And the word prosper is often found in the same context of being obedient in the study of God's word. And I want to tell you something. It is no small thing that God called Joshua to the word as he stood on the banks of the Jordan. Those who desire to do anything for God and experience the richness of God, those people must be people of the word. We have an awful lot of Christians today who are out doing ministry. We have a lot of ministry just growing up everywhere. We have a lot of worship that's going on everywhere, but a lot of it isn't connected to the Word of God at all. You can go to some churches in our culture and in our community and across this country where you wouldn't even need a Bible. You could leave it at home. You would never have to carry it with you because when you go to that church, even though it quote-unquote is an evangelical church, the Bible's never open, it's never taught, and hardly ever referred to. My friend, you are on a suicide mission if you're trying to be a soldier for God and you don't have God's word in your hand and in your heart. It's not going to work. And I'll tell you what, I've read enough biographies to tell you that the great ones who have made a difference in their world, some of them pastors and some of them leaders and some of them teachers and some of them laymen, have been people who have read this book through over and over again. I read about two or three people who've read through the Bible 100 times. It is said that George Mueller read the Bible through 200 times. Missionary David Livingston read the Bible through four times in succession when he was detained in a jungle town in prison. And Charles Haddon Spurgeon has a great word here. He says, a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who is not. (laughs) Amen? Amen. You know, I love it when people come up and they want me to sign their Bible and their Bible's all falling apart. Now, I hope that's because of use and not misuse, but it's a really good thing to see a well-worn Bible, isn't it? I just want to tell you what this, this is what I learned some years ago. This is one of the greatest texts, in my estimation, for those of us who really want to be soldiers for the Lord. If you want to be used of God, you've got to make this book important in your life. If I were you, I'd learn how to study it. I'd learn how to understand it. I'd take courses to help me get into it. And I'd never miss an opportunity to hear it when it's taught. And I'd take notes and I'd read it. You know what? If you just started reading the Bible through once a year, just read it through. It will change your life. The Word of God. And you know how I know that? Because God has promised that His Word will not return unto Him void. God says when you're going to get into the priority of your purpose, talk about it constantly, meditate continually, read it obediently, follow it exclusively, and go through it in its entirety. And believe every word because it's the truth of God. Now let's notice the principle of divine presence. And we're almost finished. 
the principle of the divine presence, verse 5 says, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Joshua 1.9, Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Are you seeing how God has set this man up to be victorious? He's told him, first of all, get perspective. Know who you are and where you are. Number two, get a sense of your purpose. Here's what you're supposed to do. Number three, be persuaded and be strong. And number four, keep the word of God your priority. And here's number five. Just remember, Joshua, wherever you go, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I'm right beside you. Just like you were always with Moses, I'm always going to be with you. And I'm never going to leave you, and I'm never going to forsake you. When you do what I tell you to do, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Hallelujah. So if you're in the ministry, if you're in the service of the Lord God, and you're trying to make a difference in the things of the Lord, you just need to look around and remember, hey, this might be tough, but I'm not doing this alone. This is God doing his work in me. And he's promised always to be with me. Then you will make your way prosperous. And this is the final principle, the principle of divine prosperity. Principle number six. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Joshua 1.5. Whoa. Joshua, you are not going to ever be defeated because no one will ever be able to stand before you. Why? Because you're a man of the word. Because you're a man of courage. Because I'm going to be with you. Because this job is not yours, it's mine. And this work is not yours, it's mine. Joshua, you will never be defeated if you follow my instruction. And then he says in verse 8, and then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, the word success in the Hebrew language means to be prudent or to act circumspectly. So in the religious sense, in the ethical sense, it means someone who lets himself and his life be guided by God. Joshua had this kind of success and prosperity. He experienced hardship. Sometimes he failed, but his way was prudent and wise and therefore successful. Now, Picture with me. Joshua went into the consultant's office after he found out he had this job. And he sat in there and he went through this session. And I think when he walked in, he kind of walked in like this, you know, with his shoulders down. He was really discouraged. But I tell you, when he walked out, he was up straight and tall and there was a bounce in his step and he looked like a Marine. (laughs) Because he had now the courage of God in his life. I know that these principles work because this is a core belief of my walk with God. There have been times, my friends, when I have not known what to do. And I have opened my Bible to this passage of Scripture and I've heard Almighty God speak to his Joshua. And I have said boldly and without question, the same God who empowered this man is available to me if I will walk in his way. And the same God who empowers Joshua will empower you. You don't have to walk in fear. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, God's commandments are God's enablements. He will never call you to do something he doesn't help you do. So if you know it's from God, stand up straight and go do it in the power of the Almighty. Amen? Amen. You know, that's a great uh, encouragement to all of us at this particular time in our lives. I don't know about you, but um, I love to read, and unfortunately, I don't ever just read one book all the way through. I'm usually in four or five books at the same time, and I've discovered how important it is to have a bookmark, because if I don't have one, I can forget where I am and have to go back and spend a lot of time to get caught up. So 
One of the things we've done here at Turning Point over the years is we've created some really cool bookmarks, and there's one for this series. The front of the bookmark says, God specializes in things that are impossible. When you turn it over, this is Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. What a great bookmark to have for whatever book you're reading right now, and it's free. All you have to do is ask for it. You don't have to promise anything, pledge anything, ask for anything, except please send me the bookmark. If you'll do that, we'll send it to you right away. We have a whole bunch of these, and we'd love to have as many people get them as possible because we know that when you use this to mark your book, you'll not only find out where you left off, but then you'll look down and see the message on the bookmark and be encouraged for that day. It's uh, one of the things we do periodically. It's for everyone who wants it. Just ask for it, and we'll send it to you. You'll have it soon. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to talk about courage when failure defeats you. The message you just heard came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church, where Dr. David Jeremiah serves as senior pastor. How are you being blessed by Turning Point? Write us at Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of Robert J. Morgan's book, The Jordan River Rules, 10 God-Given Strategies for Moving Forward. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions with notes and articles from Dr. Jeremiah's decades of study. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Courage to Conquer, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. In all we do each day, Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point work to make a global impact for the kingdom of God. But we can't do it alone. That's where Bible Strong Partners come in. These loyal monthly supporters form the foundation of Turning Point, allowing Dr. Jeremiah to teach the whole counsel of God. Partnering with Turning Point enables you to share in the eternal impact of this ministry, leading people to Christ through our media and printed resources, multiplying Bible teaching broadcasts, presenting the gospel around the globe, and strengthening the saints. In appreciation for your partnership, Turning Point wants to provide you with exclusive monthly resources and study guides, member-only communications, an on-demand library of study content, and so much more. Are you ready to see what the Lord will do? Let's expect to change the world together. Go to davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong to become a BibleStrong partner today. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong. Take the young ones in your life on an unforgettable journey that will get them excited about the Word of God with the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible. Then continue the adventure with monthly audio adventures on airshipgenesis.com. Plus, download the Airship Genesis mobile game where kids will travel back in time to the life of Jesus. Blast off with the young one in your life at airshipgenesis.com. You've heard the popular sayings about opportunity, like this one. Opportunity knocks on the door, but we still have to get up to answer it. And this one. 
The sign on the door of opportunity reads PUSH. And this one, opportunities are seldom labeled as such. Well, there's a lot of wisdom in those sayings, but there's a greater piece of wisdom about opportunity for the Christian. God oversees the events of our lives. He puts opportunities before us every day that we may miss if we're not careful, even if it's just the opportunity to speak a word of encouragement to a family member or friend. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's opportunities on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.